Ready to break up with your bullshit? I mean, all those excuses that are keeping you stuck. Because you have one life to live. And if you're not having fun yet, then that's a problem, dude. Welcome to Goals, Grit, and Some Woo-Woo Shit. The podcast where you learn about the habits of kicking ass at life. Whether you want to get ripped, get rich, or just get high on life, this is the place to be. Here's your host, best-selling author and feel-good expert, Una Duncan. Okay, so I thought I'd launch off the first solo podcast episode of the year by doing a review of the top health trends of 2023 and which ones you might want to integrate into any health or weight loss New Year's resolutions you have. Okay, well, the top health trends of 2023 are total bullshit. (laughs) Podcast episode over. No, I'm just kidding. I will elaborate on that a little bit more. So I did a little bit of Googling and here is some of the stuff that was huge in 2023, according to the media. First of all, mushrooms. We're seeing them in powders to add to smoothies, capsules to take like vitamins. You can even get mushroom teas. And I'm talking about everything from microdosing psilocybin to chaga and lion's mane and things like that. So the hype is saying that mushrooms are a really good nutrition source, great with fiber, antioxidants, etc. But they also have medicinal properties that can help you respond to stress and fatigue better. Honestly, I can't comment one way or another, but Sure. (laughs) Okay. Second trend is sleep sinking. Okay. I'd never heard of this, but when I Googled it, the internet was flooded with articles about sleep sinking. So as far as I can gather, it's basically going to sleep and waking up at the same time every day, regardless of whether it's the weekend, which sleep experts have been recommending this for decades. So I didn't get what was new about that. Apparently what's new about that is that you set those times according to your natural circadian rhythm of when you are the most energetic and when you get tired naturally, which apparently you are supposed to determine through a wearable device like an aura ring. Now, apparently if you nail this, then you are able to fall asleep easily and you wake up without an alarm. Okay, speaking of sleep, the next trend that I hadn't heard of, which is apparently massive, is mouth taping. The hashtag mouth taping got 51.7 million views on TikTok this past year. So basically, you tape your mouth shut while you're asleep, and it's supposed to prevent snoring and dry mouth because you're breathing through your nose, which warms and moistens the air. And some people are even saying that it's going to help with ADHD symptoms. It can help with slowed growth in children and reduced cognitive ability. I do feel compelled to point out that at this time, doctors do not recommend mouth breathing. And instead, they recommend that you talk to a doctor if you have any of those concerns. All right, trend number, I don't know, what is it, four? Face yoga. Okay. So I have to say, when I first started getting targeted with ads for face yoga, I was doing extreme eye rolls at my phone because the ads say stuff like face yoga to get rid of a double chin. And that sends off like immediate alarm bells for me because as I've mentioned before on this podcast, there is no exercise that can reduce the fat on any part of your body. So if you see exercises to get smaller thighs or a workout that will get rid of back fat or whatever, this is all total bullshit. Fat comes off when we are in a caloric deficit, which is mostly managed through nutrition. You can target specific muscles with exercise and change the way that that part of your body might look due to increased muscle mass, but you cannot target a specific area of fat, right? So you can target muscles, you can't target fat. 
So if you do a bunch of tricep kickbacks, you can create great, awesome, strong triceps, but it's not going to do anything for the fat under your arms. All right. So with that in mind, I started researching face yoga and expected to have all of my suspicions confirmed that, yes, this is total silliness. But it seems like actually face yoga is not entirely bullshit. Here's the difference. Your face actually loses fat as we age. So that's why people get fillers to make themselves look younger. You know, they plump up certain parts of their face where we lose that fat. So because we can target specific muscles, face yoga focuses on strengthening and growing the muscles in our face that will build up that structure that we used to have when we were younger. So for yoga to get rid of a double chin, actually what they're doing is exercises to build up and define the muscles of the jaw, which would reduce the appearance of a double chin. Because again, no exercise can target fat, including a double chin. So if you're wondering what exactly that might look like, it's stuff like this. So so this is what you do. You open your mouth into an O, you pull your lips over your teeth, and then you take your bottom teeth out way... I'm doing it right now. Take your bottom teeth way out past your top teeth. So O, let bottom thing out. And then like you get this extreme underbite and then you stretch up your chin to 45 degrees. Okay. So there you just did face yoga and participated in one of the top health trends of 2023. So according to YouTubers, you can just sit and watch TV and you do weird stuff like that for about 15 minutes a day and you'll look 10 years younger. (laughs) So obviously there's not a ton of peer reviewed studies on face yoga yet. But early researchers found that facial exercises may improve your appearance if you're the type of person who doesn't want to get fillers and Botox, which is probably more effective for that outcome. (laughs) Okay, so those were some of the top new health trends of 2023, according to articles. But let me tell you about some of the trends that I still get asked about the most. They're not the like top ones, but they're the ones that I get asked about often. Okay, intermittent fasting. So for example, we give our clients meal plans and sometimes the clients will ask, will I get additional benefits if I eat the meals according to a certain schedule that allows for a long fasting window? And the short answer to that is no, not really. Like there are a lot of benefits ascribed to intermittent fasting from the obvious weight loss to autophagy, which is the natural cleansing process that happens when your body is deprived of nutrients even long, a general longevity. And all of these things really do seem to be backed up by science, but not more than just being in a caloric deficit. So it really doesn't matter if you distribute those calories evenly throughout your life, or if you just eat through, you know, an eight, four hour window, whatever your fasting protocol is. It really is just the amount of calories that you're consuming that matters for all those benefits. So now I will say, I think for some people, it's really helpful to have a bright line. I'm borrowing that phrase from my friend, Susan Pierce Thompson, who will be on the podcast next week. Um, for some people, it's easier to say, I don't eat after 8 p.m. and then they're done and they don't think about it. That is easier for some people than it is to, for example, manage their food to intake throughout the day. So for those people, intermittent fasting might be a great structure that really serves them. For other people, doing fasting can really quickly descend into disordered eating patterns. And if you're someone who's looking to maximize your energy and build muscle, as I would suggest most people should be doing, it's actually smarter to distribute your calories evenly throughout the day for those goals. So intermittent fasting, I'm neutral to like slightly negative on that. 
Okay. Collagen supplements is another thing that I get asked about a lot. So here's what collagen is. Collagen is a protein that's found in the body that's used to make connective tissue. And it's found in our bones. It's found in our skin and our muscles and our tendons. And as we age, collagen naturally drops. And the idea is that if we supplement, then we can keep healthy looking and younger looking skin and supple joints and things like that. However, what you don't really hear about is that although, yes, collagen does naturally decline as we age, the bigger decline in collagen happens when we drink too much, when we smoke, when we don't sleep enough, or if we don't exercise consistently. So although some studies have shown an increase in skin elasticity and joint health when you supplement with collagen, Those studies have been largely funded so far by supplement companies. (laughs) And the other thing to be aware of in general supplements is that supplements aren't really regulated. So in Canada and in the US, as far as I understand it, they are regulated to the extent that they have to be safe, um, but they don't necessarily have to work and do what they say that they will do. (laughs) So if you get a supplement and it claims that it's like whatever... 100% lion's mane mushroom, and this will give you a beautiful lion's mane hair. I don't know. That's not a real example. I just made that up. Um, There is no regulating body that's making sure that that is true. They just make sure that whatever's in that bottle isn't going to actually hurt you. So I should say, as far as collagen supplementation, again, probably won't hurt you. There's a little bit of research that shows it may help your skin, your joints, But changing your lifestyle so that you're getting more sleep and not drinking so much booze, managing your stress is proven to be way more effective for boosting your collagen. So, I mean, I'd go for that. All right, dude, it is time to announce the winner of the Leave a Review Contest. So every month, I'm giving an awesome prize to the person who leaves an incredible review for this podcast. And that can be my 28-day transformation challenge. It can be a copy of my book. It can be a copy of my habit tracker. Whatever you want, you just got to leave an amazing review for me on Apple. Now, a lot of you wonderful people are asking me, but how do I leave a review on Spotify? It just allows me to leave a rating. And yes, Apple is the only one that allows you to leave an actual review, like a written text review. Actually, I think you can do it on Audible too. But I'm looking on Apple and I know it's not that intuitive. You have to kind of scroll to the bottom and you'll see some stars and then you have to say, leave a review. And if you do, you are eligible for an awesome prize. So the winner for December 2023 is Mommy2CSJ. And that lovely person said, I love the variety of guests and topics that Una has on her show. It's not all about physical fitness, but whole health. She's funny. I love her Gen X references that make her so relatable. Well, thank you so much, Mommy2CSJ. All right. What you've got to do is DM me on Instagram and say, Hey, Una, it's mummy2csj, and I am going to hook you up with a wicked prize. And to everyone else, please go ahead and leave a review right now. It takes like, I don't know, seven seconds, and it will make my day. I read every single one. It really helps me to know what is resonating with you. And maybe next month, you will be the big winner. All right. See you soon. Hey, dude, if you are enjoying this episode and you have a friend that you think might also benefit from this information, please share it with them. That helps my podcast so much and it's going to help your friend. Share the love. Thanks so much. Okay, here's another one I get asked about a lot. Ice baths. So 
I have a little bit of a complicated relationship with ice bathing. Um, it, this this does not appeal to me at all. Like I'm, I'm not closed to doing it, but I just don't want to. <laughs> I have done it before, but only in the context of like a hydro circuit at a spa where you do the hot tub first and then you plunge in the cold water and then you go to the sauna or whatever. And the only impression that it left on me is that, oh my gosh, that was by far the least pleasant part of that experience. And I should also say I live on Salt Spring Island and you can't cross the street without bumping into a naked person who is heading to the freezing cold Pacific Ocean to do their cold plunge. So I recently asked some of my lovely friends who do this and one said like, oh yeah, it's just so good for you. And I was like, how, how is it good for you? And she's like, oh no, like it really improves your tolerance for cold. And I was like, pass, I don't want that. Um, but so what I did is I Googled all of the like research benefits on cold plunging and dude, you will find everything from, you know, it helps with post-workout soreness, uh, stress management, it helps boost circulation, it helps with depression, it reduces your inflammation, it regulates your blood sugar, it improves immunity. Now, is all that bullshit? Probably not totally. Uh, the truth is they just don't have enough data to really prove or disprove a lot of that, a lot of those claims. Um, early evidence on cold plunging ranges from like, meh, maybe to, yeah, pretty promising. But there just hasn't been enough studies that have controlled all of the variables, like type of exposure, you know, whether it's dry or wet, um, the duration of exposure, the intensity, who is doing it. So for example, if you're a fan of cold plunging, you've probably heard of, of Wim Hof. So Wim Hof is a Dutch extreme athlete, and he's known for holding 26 world records, such as remaining in ice for an hour and 52 minutes. And he also ran up Everest in a pair of shorts. And Wim Hof is like, a, had a huge hand in the current cold plunging trend. And what scientists have found, what they studied people doing his regimen of meditation, cold exposure, and breath work. And they found that those people who were following his program actually did have substantial anti-inflammatory markers. But what's not clear is whether it was the cold exposure that did it, or was it the meditation, or is it the type of people who are attracted to doing that kind of thing? See what I mean? But the biggest benefit that almost everyone that I've talked to about this is that they say you get this amazing rush of endorphins afterwards, and then you feel calm, but like invincible. And my friend was describing this to me, and I was like, oh, right, like like how you feel after a really hard workout. And she was like, no, man, it's how you feel after snorting a line of cocaine. <laughs> so there's that health benefit. Um, and I'll tell you what else I witnessed. When we were at our recent Tulum retreat, um, the eco resort that we were staying at was offering this cold plunge experience. And I, I kind of, I, I didn't pay any attention. I was like, oh, that's kind of gimmicky, whatever. But I was really surprised. About 80% of my group wanted to do this experience. They signed up for it. And I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. They're really into that. And then, so what they did is they went to this yoga shala and there was this guy who led the experience and he guided them through this breath work exercise, which culminated in, I think they told me they held their breath for up to two minutes. And apparently people were like, you know, seeing things and having these profound experiences with the breath work. And then they came down to the beach where I was waiting and their state was completely different. And there was these big tubs filled with ice. And that's where I'm standing. I'm ready to take their, you know, pictures and videos for them. And what I witnessed was actually really moving. I watched my participants step into this icy cold water 
And I saw their body react to the shock and I saw them breathe and meditate and calm themselves and relax into the challenge. I honestly, I watched about 20 of them do it. And each time I was so moved by their their uh, calm, their resilience, their strength, their self-mastery. And I was like, oh, I get it. This is about learning to manage yourself and get control of your thoughts and your physiological response when shit is hard. And that is a pretty valuable health lesson. It actually reminded me when I was... um. I was preparing to give birth for the first time. I took a hypnobirthing class, which sounds way more woo-woo than it is. It's basically learning how to use breathing and meditation techniques during your birth to manage your mind and your response to the pain. And it's funny. I remember my my midwife was like, there's some discomfort. I mean, let's just call it what it is, ladies. That's painful, right? So in one hypnobirthing class, I was instructed to put my arm in a bucket of ice and let it sit there. And after about a minute, Dylan, my husband, was supposed to practice comforting me and supporting me through the discomfort. And the idea was that we would both, we'd have some practice to know what's going to work during the birth. Like what, what is the kind of thing that I'm going to find comforting versus irritating when I'm in pain? So for example, some people were like, you know, do not talk to me when I'm going through something. I need total quiet so I can focus. Some people were like, well, don't stop talking to me. I need to know that you're here for me. And some people were like, yes, I want to be touched, but in a firm, solid way, if you stroke me, I will fucking kill you. <laughs> so it's good. It's good to get these things known in advance, right? So again, for me, the unquestionable benefit to ice bathing is that it teaches you how to have mastery over yourself, which I think is a pretty fucking amazing skill. And also for most people, they say it makes them feel amazing. And obviously that is the freaking point. So if that's you, oh my gosh, go for it. However, if it doesn't make you feel amazing, if you aren't interested in cold plunging as I am not, then I would say you can safely ignore that trend. You can safely ignore pretty much every trend and pretty much everything I've talked about on this episode. When it comes to health efforts, I'm all about that 80-20 rule. You know, you want to focus on the 20% effort that's going to give you 80% of your results. Cold plunging even if all of the purported benefits do end up being totally true, it still doesn't fit into the 20% effort that's going to give me 80% of my health and wellness results. Neither do mushrooms, neither does face yoga or any supplements or fasting windows. Most of that stuff will not hurt you. And again, if it lights you up, you should totally do it because it's just going to make your life more fun. That's awesome. But please, please do not believe the hype that is created by the ever hungry news cycle that any of that shit is going to change your life and your health. Okay, we have a big giveaway this month for the person who leaves the best review for this podcast. As you probably know, reviews are huge in order to help a new podcast like this one grow an audience. So if you're kind enough to leave a review, you will be eligible to win a free spot in my upcoming 28-day transformation program. This is my signature fitness program that has 97% of past participants saying it changed their life. All you got to do is leave an awesome review right now and tune in next month for when I announce the winner. Back to the show. Here are some of the top trends of the last 20 years. Like maybe you remember some of these. Um, raw food diets the baby food diet. Do you remember there were celebrities who were eating baby food to stay slim? Fitness gaming. This was huge in the early aughts, like Dance Dance Revolution. The Atkins diet. 
cupping, coconut oil, juicing, the subway diet, kale. Kale was so huge in the early aughts, the McDonald's launched a kale salad, which hilariously had more calories, more salt, and more fat than a Big Mac. <laughs> My point is that this stuff gets massive hype because media outlets have to have something to talk about. And the stuff that will really make a difference is freaking boring and it's old and it's not news. In my book, I call them the seven habits of highly healthy motherfuckers and they are so boring. This is what actually matters. One, eating a shit ton of vegetables. Basically, I say fill half of every plate with vegetables. Two, go the fuck to sleep. You need seven to eight hours a night. Three, back away from the booze is fucking poison. Four, chill out and manage your stress. Five, eat it all, but not too much. So stop eliminating bad foods or overdosing on superfoods and instead eat balanced meals with appropriate portions. Six, prep and plan ahead. Make sure you have all that healthy food by prepping and planning your food ahead of time. Be intentional. Otherwise, you're just going to eat whatever you have on hand when you're starving. Seven, exercise consistently. It doesn't matter what you do. What matters is you don't stop. So for me, just doing that stuff is all the effort that I want to put into my health and wellness. And I'm like really interested in health and wellness. And I also have other areas of my life that I want to focus on. So when it comes to my health and fitness effort, I am going to focus on the stuff that really matters so that I can go do my other shit. And I know, I know it's so boring. We want something new. It's way more exciting to get brand new health advice from a guy who's running up Everest in his shorts than remember that your frumpy kindergarten teacher told you to eat your vegetables. And we are hardwired to look for novelty. Like, um, the biggest example I have of this is I am a member of an entrepreneur's health and wellness group. <laughs> and if there is a group of people who want everything to be new and exciting and biohacking and novel, it is entrepreneurs. And I joined because I thought, oh, you know, maybe I can add a little value and get to know people. And, um, you know, but instead, I am ashamed to say, I like hate creep this group. It's so stupid. I, I scroll this group and I roll my eyes and I let my body flood with like disdain and judgment and irritation, which is so stupid and so immature. I promise I'm going to stop doing that. This is like spiritual poison and it's also dumb. Also, I'm going to declutter that group and just leave. But I wanted to wait until I did this episode because I wanted to give you an example of the kind of shit that I just find so annoying. Like yesterday... There's a raging debate about eggs. One person is like, eggs are the ideal source of protein. Vegans are stupid. They don't understand. I make sure to get at least four eggs a day. Next person. Well, according to the medical medium, eggs feed any virus, bacteria, and parasite in the body. Eggs are a huge no-no. And then there's a raging debate. And then there's another argument about fasted strength training and whether you could still consider yourself fasted after having your Bulletproof coffee. And does it count as Bulletproof coffee if the butter you use isn't grass-fed? And everyone's shouting at each other and quoting their favorite bro science health influencer. Like, dude, for me, 90% of these kind of conversations and this type of content is fear-mongering bullshit that is so divisive, classist, and makes people so afraid 
of getting it wrong or consuming toxins or whatever that they spend so much money on products or complex programs that they just don't fucking need. Or even worse, they don't even start because they don't want to get it wrong. Like, and that's the worst case scenario. The best case scenario, this kind of content is a total distraction from just mastering the basics. And I know, I know that you might kind of want to get distracted from the basics because it's frankly way more interesting to get a device that's going to measure your blood sugar when you eat than it is to like just manage your portions. Our brains want something new to chew on, but if you really want something that's actually productive to mind fuck about your health and wellness, it'd be so much more useful to occupy your brain with questions like, what is my why for improving my health right now? How will I actually know if my health is improving? What is specifically the measurable outcome that I want? What are the obstacles that have prevented me from achieving my health goals in the past? And how can I make my habits easier for me, given everything that's going on in my life right now? When was I in the best shape of my life and what was I doing? What are some thoughts that go through my mind the moment before I give up? Are those thoughts true? What would make doing my healthy habits feel so rewarding that I want to do them? I don't even need discipline. What would be the smallest, teeniest, tiniest version of my healthy habits that would make me feel like I'm doing something towards my goals, but also it's so easy that it's like a no-brainer? So to me, figuring that stuff out, that is time well spent. Probably even better for me than like face yoga. And before you think I'm pooping on that, (laughs) before you think I'm pooping on the new thing that you were kind of excited about trying, I really just want to be clear that you should do whatever lights you up, whether it's mouth taping or fasting or whatever. As I have mentioned here before, if something is lighting you up, if there's something about it that you're drawn to that makes you kind of curious, I totally think that that is an intuitive hit that you should explore. That feeling might be you recognizing there's something about that that's going to bring up my best self. And above anything I'm about to say in this episode, please do follow your intuitive hits. Whatever feels fun and exciting and sparks your curiosity. That is great, whether it is ice plunging or baby food diet or whatever. Okay, seriously, most of that stuff will not hurt you. They probably just won't be the thing that changes your life. Okay, what really will change your life is one, decluttering and ignoring trends and shiny things and made up controversies that are distracting you. Two, focus on the seven habits that will actually really make a difference in your health if you master them. Three, figure out how to make those seven habits feel fun and exciting or even better. Put them on autopilot so you can get your kicks in other ways and you can do it in a body that feels so good. Hey dude, thanks for listening. If you like this episode, make sure you're subscribed so you can get the next one. And by the way, if you rate and review this podcast, it really helps me get found by other people who need some goals, grit, and some woo-woo shit. And be sure to connect and DM me at Una Duncan on Instagram and let me know what you thought of the episode. Chat soon.